done a little there we go oh yeah <laughs> Hey guys, welcome to episode 121 of CMD Towers Brews and Builds. I'm Mr. Crown number five, and my fellow host, by the end of a long night out, oh. some would call a murmuring mystic Big Tuck. Hey, hey, cats and kittens, coming to you from the last time in the living room setup. You'll now be seeing me in my bedroom starting next week. Ooh. I know, it's not a good, good thing. Not, we're not on YouTube it's, for that. It's not a, it's not a pretty picture. Um, there might be some unsightly stains in my cat, but anyway... Uh, happy Friday to you, Mr. Combo. Glad to be here. Uh, I'm drinking this. I think I'm, you'd like this one. It's called The Clowns. Look at this guy. It's like from Batman 2. Uh, the fat okay. guy throw, that Batman legit kills. Listen to this. Oh, yeah. He legit kills him. He puts a bomb on him oh, and absolutely. shoves him in a sewer. Uh, <laughs> hot Coca Imperial Milk Stout. Hot Coca Clowns. American uh, Imperial Milk Stout. Crafted with a blend of European American roasted and caramel grains. It's uh, not as sweet as I expected, but it's a good way to start the <laughs> afternoon off. 9.5%. Let's go. There you go. There you go. How are you, sir? That's, well, that's uh, how I'm doing here. Getting ready to go up to them damn mountains and hopefully not get stuck up there with snow that comes through on Sunday morning. Uh, I, I'm doing good. Um, it's been an insane week. Yes. Uh, you know, my company... Uh, pretty much the last two weeks of the year, we get one week full paid vacation. And then the other week, mostly everyone just kind of takes off, uses PTO, whatever, right. just because there's no <clears> one <throat> around to help. So it's like, there, it does mean no good to sit in front of a computer nine hours a day and twiddle my thumbs. Right. Um, pretty pretty but standard. Then, but then this year worked out to where it was like, okay, New Year's was on the weekend. So right. therefore, we had to have uh, last Monday off. That's what we got off for right, right, the, third, guess, right? the new year. Yeah. So, okay. So last week was a four day work week. Absolutely insane. So busy. Like we talked about on last brews and builds. And then this week has even been crazier. I was talking with my leaders, uh, direct manager and telling her, she called me up and it was like, Hey, Mr. Cobble number five, how are you doing? You know, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, well, you know, I'm working on this large RFP. Um, and I was like, but to be honest, I'm exhausted because, and I, I told her, I feel like this is all karma coming back to me because right. I always talk about Dell so good, you know, from a benefits perspective and treating their employees right, you know, giving us all this time off that you don't have to use for PTO a yeah, lot of right. times. That this week I've been working 12 to 14 hour work days almost every day. It's like the just most, because all the backlog has come it, and just caught up. It's like the with most everyone I've heard needing you stuff work right since now. you started there because you're you're usually like you know. Five hours here, take a break, maybe do an hour in the afternoon. Like, it's much more laissez-faire, yeah. right, than, like, well, I'm at my desk from 7 to 5 or whatever the case may be. Yeah. Well, and it's because, you know, definitely if any of you guys have ever met me IRL, I like, I my brain, like, I just, I do a lot of complex thinking. I I just, I love strategic thinking. That's just like what I like. So I love my job because I could take like eight hours of work and put it into like five hours just because right. I, I just go nonstop. I don't really take my time. Um, I just get the work done. So yeah, this week it's like, I'm still going a million miles an hour like I normally do, but right, right, it's right. just, there. it's like if I, if I stopped at five or six o'clock, I would have to be up the next day at five or six mm -hmm. to start getting everything done. So it's just been an insane week, uh, but you know, I got a little three-day weekend coming up. Uh, my fiance is uh, flying out. Of course, this is last weekend. She's going to be out in the Salt Lake area. <laughs> going to go do some uh, natural springs. Hopefully That's not. Be a lot of fun. Hopefully not still there when this comes out. <laughs> 
Very true. <laughs> that would be a very different conversation. Uh, so yeah, like I'm very excited. You guys may have caught it, um, you know, a week ago in in the multiverse. I was streaming with Mr. Bevers. You guys voted on Garza Gold Ping. I don't know why. Are you gonna take I that apart after for this? Because you were saying, I the, keep at, saying at the end of the year that was the deck that you're like, this is the one. If I had a choice, I would take apart. You're absolutely right, Tuck. But think about it. How many decks have you known me to build and then take apart? I I was honestly, during that episode, I was thinking about it. And I think the only one that went through a pretty significant change was your Ogre deck, the Cascade one, when Paradox Engine got banned. So that one got disbanded, turned into my CDH deck. Right. My Golgari deck, remember, used to be Gitrog, Landfall. Right. And then converted that to Pelucranos. But I think even before that, it was something else. I feel like there's like three because wasn't yeah. It? That, there was the Modern Horizons Golgari Legend oh, that I turned my Golgari deck Hogak. into Hogak, which was trash. Yeah, so we went from Gitrog to Hogak to uh, uh, where it is like, now with Pelucranos. Right. So that's that's another one. But I think those are the only two mm-hmm. I have ever built and then, and then dismantled. All the other decks, I just keep them. Yeah, and yeah. Just try to make them better. So yeah, I think I don't know. I'm like. We talked also about, like, if you're going to get out of the game, you need to get out completely right. So that's yeah. where I'm kind of like, is it the time? Is it worth dismantling decks I own that, like, I don't need to upgrade anymore? Like, the mill deck, I maybe a card here and there, right? But it's done. I can play it whenever. And it works to the point that it is. So it's like, I guess, what's the point of dismantling it when I could just play yeah. test the expensive cards out of it if I want to build another deck, right? Very fair. So, Very fair. Um, yeah, it's it's always it's like they're like little children of yours. You know, you don't want to you don't want to leave them out to die and pick them apart for their livers <laughs> and kidneys. They're just little children that you have. Except these little children, you could put through a paper shredder and not go to jail. That's true. And believe me, I've, I've tried. <laughs> believe you me, I've tried. If you guys would like to support the CMD Tower team, you should head over to our Patreon, Patreon.com/slash CMD Tower. Uh, we have a lot of different tiers on there, and of course. Just to get in is a dollar that gets you into the collective. And of course, you guys can see all of our current patrons from our entry level tier to our top tier in order uh, shown uh, here in YouTube. So definitely, guys, it's great to be a part of the collective. Some of the rewards that you get for just the dollar tier, you get entered in with plug. Uh, Unko AJ is going to be providing the voices today. One of the things you get submitted for, which is awesome. Uh, you get to provide the voices for Bruise and Builds. Another one is when you're a part of our top tier. Every three months, we pick a random patron, which the group's not huge right now, so we might see a lot of Spencer Rabbits this year uh, <laughs> or, or uh, good old Lemony Linnings. But uh, you guys will get to be on Bruise and Builds and talk with Tuck and I about your decks and kind of where the grains, hops, yeast, and spice kind of work out. So lots of great benefits. And, of course, our $5, $15, and $25, you actually get legitimate swag. Playmats, sleeves. Uh, stickers, RK posts, uh, patron tokens, whole lot of stuff. All the good stuff, yeah. And they they are awesome. Got a shout out real quick. Again, that foil playmat is sick. Sick. It's sick. Makes me feel, sick. Makes me feel good. 
Have you used it yet? I have several times. The I just I have to be careful because I'm so clumsy and my I talk so much with my hands. The foiling is raised on it a little bit, so I got to make sure not to like rip my hand across it or something like that. But they're so comfortable. The edge and, and um, the big compliments I got is people love the edge stitching, right? To kind of show shore up that place. I love edge stitching to shore up it. like the play space, right? And it makes it feel like a little more yeah. tactile. So it's great. It's it's. It's beautiful. It looks great under the light. It's got our wonderful faces on it. So it's always a little reminder of my boy, of my boy Mr. Combo. Well, just remember, Big Tuck, that whenever you and I play with these, if we're about to lose the game, you need to rip the playmat underneath and make sure to put a uh, redacted podcast playmat oh. underneath because <laughs> we, we don't accept losers <laughs> yeah, up in yeah. here. Only winning, only winning decks on that. Now, if you're a part of the collective already, a.k.a. our patrons, and you have someone you want to invite to the collective because maybe some of the awesome benefits that you've been on the receiving end of, we do have a referral program. So any of you that join our Patreon, be sure to send the account a note just saying, hey, this patron referred me, and we're actually going to hook them up with some pretty cool swag. Just kind of depends on what tier you signed up for. Now, if you can't do a monthly subscription, but you want to get some of the swag or even some of the swag that you can't even get as a patron, uh, like the foil playmat, head over to our store, cmdtower.com slash merch. We do have an hallelujah moment because uh, <laughs> Big Tuck and Mr. T were able to work out all the backend stuff with the website. So hopefully we get no more ID10T errors. Co correct. Uh, we have not seen a 403 yet. So fingers crossed. I think it's much more stable now. Uh, and, uh, you know, of course, uh, you know, that's where you can get our holiday sweaters, foil playmats, a bunch of the other accoutrements, just a little update for any of the sweater folk. Uh, you know, we, I, I, I appreciate everyone's patience with that. Uh, I do know where the boat is. It's in the LA Harbor. I was able to see <laughs> said picture of said container ship. Uh, we're just waiting for the dock to unload it. So really hoping to get to this to you guys ASAP. But like I said, anyone that had pre-ordered a holiday sweater before the new year, we are going to just include a little thank you because of the delay awesome. uh, in your box. Because I know you guys want to wear this for the winter. You wanted to wear it for holiday parties. And, you know, it's kind of bleeding into mid-late winter. Um, and it'll become harder and harder to wear. So we're going to take care of you guys. Don't worry. Uh, definitely want to give you a little something to say thank you. Now, this audio was brought to you by Squee McGee. Now, if you're watching this on YouTube, uh, one of the many uh, short form videos that we're now doing, you gotta give a big shout out to at underscore teacoats. Tyler is our video editor, and he was one that kind of came up with this great idea of why don't we separate out the long form videos? Because some of you guys might only be degenerates like me and care about the yeast package, which if you don't know what that is, we'll get to that later. Uh, but, <laughs> you know, enjoy these uh, short consumption videos. That was a piece of feedback that we had received from the community. We want to continue to do it. We've heard MTG Action 4 News is something you guys want to see on YouTube. Definitely going to talk and try to figure out how we could make that happen. Um, but you know, we want to be here to give you guys the content you want. You just need to let us know. So if we can improve our YouTube content, let Tyler know he is the captain of that ship. I am the captain now. I'm the captain now. Of course, just share the content you guys are watching and listening to. That's the free way to help. And that's the way that you guys can make an impact every single day. So Brews and Builds is our deck tech series since we conquered the path to 32 and the 12 themes of EDH decks. We have moved on to a classic brew from day one Brews and Builds with a traditional episode. We describe the brewing of decks similar to how beer is brewed. So we broke it down into four categories. 
Ramp and setting your board state is the grain. And grains are the foundation of every beer. They include both base malts and specialty malts, like the aforementioned roasted and caramel grains in this beer here, usually about a 60 to 40 ratio. This helps with the color, the taste, and most importantly, the alcohol content of the beer. Decks always need ways to grow, stabilize, and ramp into bigger threats. And just like, like a grain profile, they are usually a mix of staples and specialty cards. How does your board interact with the rest of the board? We call that hops. Hops give the beer its patented bitterness and herbal floral flavors, of which this has none. They grow in a variety of strands and help distinguish subcategories like IPAs. Our help choices help clear and interact with the boards. Your deck can ultimately do what it wants. My favorite section, how does the deck actually close out and win, which this deck's debatable. We call that yeast. Yeasts are microorganisms that eat the sugar from the grain and poop out alcohol and CO2. It adds the alcohol content and the carbonation. Without yeast, you'd be drinking flat sugar water. And without yeast cards, your deck wouldn't meet the goal of actually winning the game. A part that I think Big Tuck really just nailed home. We got a fun little pet card synergy section that we call Spice. I think this is like the best Spice package we've had in a while. But Spice it's is pretty good. Uh, right? Not every beer has them. But Spices and other additives help separate a normal stock beer from a specialty one. It could be the quadruple dry hopped that turns this into a triple India pale ale, which I'll be enjoying here shortly, or the additions of milk sugar uh, that turns this imperial stout into imperial milk stout. Not every deck has something that makes it pop, but if it does, it's where we talk about it. To cap off the episode, we have redundancy of bottle capping. These are going to be big texanized cuts and adds to the deck that are going to be under $5.00 under $50, and a no-budget recommendation. The only restriction we put on ourselves? We can't talk about those mana-only lands, which I'm sure this deck would love to talk about. Probably. So without further ado, let's get brewing. So for today's episode, Big Tuck We're back. decided he wanted to bring some five-color magic with Ramos the Charming Dragon. Uh, Tuck, why don't you read sure. who Ramos is and does? And then why don't you give a, the collective a little insight into why we're talking about this commander and Lucky Charms on this beautiful, beautiful Saturday. It is. It could have, we should have saved it for St. Patty's Day, but that's fine. So Ramos Dragon Engine is a six colorless legendary artifact creature dragon that's a mythic. Uh, that's a 4-4 four, four flyer, and it says it's one cent on Card Kingdom, so go scoop those up. Uh, it has the stated ability of whenever you cast a spell, put a 1-1 counter on Ramos Dragon Engine for each of that spell's colors. Uh, remove Then you can remove five plus one plus one counters from Ramos. Add double Wooberg. So two white, two blue, two black, two red, two green. Activate this ability only once each turn, not only at sorcery speed. So uh, five colors has always kind of been a sore spot for me. Um, it's not something I really like to build that much. I had dragons, that was boring. I had mazes end, but that was way too sweaty. And there's been two kind of builds I've always been interested in, um, but neither really seems like something I want to put a ton of effort or money into. So our boy Tomer at, over at MTG Goldfish started playing around with the same sort of deck build, and it looked super fun. Uh, I luckily had most of the cards lying around, and a handful that I didn't made me, maybe cost me about $20 to fill out the entire deck. So I thought, why not? And it really is a blast to play. Um, it's pretty much just a reactionary interaction deck. Uh, it's a deck that you really has a lot of answers. It's definitely a toolbox with all the charms, commands, and other multicolored spells that you have in it. Uh, Ramos ends up actually being really strong himself. Uh, it's not uncommon that over the course of a turn or two, he could easily be up to an 11, 12 flyer, which can start bashing people pretty quick. Uh, and then eventually, if you can get the game plan going of removing those counters and being able to start casting even more spells, put more counters on him for next turn, it really turns into a really fun 
playing against the table sort of deck. So, um, you know, when, when you had sent this list over and it was like, hey, five colors, finally found something. I went through it. You know, we talked about a little precast. I was like, this is just like Ramos Charms. Where's where's the big tuckiness? It's of in this? there. I, I don't know. I mean, other than your categories being questionable at oh, best. Oh, we'll get into um, that. <laughs> but I, I will say this. Um, Ramos, and I'm, I'm, I'm actually okay going out on this limb because I don't even think it's a limb. Since Golos got banned, Ramos is the best just five-color commander to just, I want access to five colors yeah. out there. Yeah. That's, yeah. I, I mean, Child of Alara, yeah. you deal with, like, that's basically board wipe in the command zone, which... That's that still has a little bit of strategy to it, but right. literally the card doesn't say put a plus one plus one counter on it for each uh, of that spell's colors if it's multicolored or right, like whenever exactly, you cast a multicolored yeah. spell. If it had something like that, then it would be a little sweatier and maybe it can't be as uh, a broad swath oh, of the sure. board state. I don't know why swath has just become a term. That's, I it's like just using. in it. It's just now in your lexicon. There you go. It's, it's now it's in my your lexicon. MTG lexicon. Shout out. <laughs> So that's why I think, A, on its surface, Ramos is probably the best five color to just build a deck. Sure. I just want five colors. Yeah. Uh, so that's first thing. Second thing, I love your, you, I think you put every charm available. Almost all of them. There's a few, there are admittedly a few that are kind of stinkers um, that just get outclassed by like commands and other multicolor modal spells. Uh, but yes, sure. I tried really hard to stick to that. For better or for worse, mostly worse in a few examples. But. <laughs> well, God, I can't imagine if there's some worse than some of the bad ones there's, in here. Yeah, there, I, think, I think there's two or three. And I actually even talked to Tomer, and I was like, did you stick to charms? And he even said, no, I had. there's some that were just stinky that I just had to cut. Uh, let me guess. The stinky ones also had white in them? No, those are good ones. Uh, the really bad oh. one, the really bad one is the gruel charm is garbage. And then there's another one. I don't remember offhand. I don't want to look through it. Um, that also isn't great. <laughs> But, you know, I really look at this deck as, and look, we're not here to be mean. We're not here to poke each other, poke the bear. I don't really see, other than just like generic red zone, let me hit you with Ramos or, or another creature a whole bunch of times. This really just seems like a control shell with not a real direction to win. Yeah. Um, so I'm hoping as we talk through it, we'll, we'll hear a little bit more um, because... The way that traditionally people build Ramos, it's charms to abuse the counters because right. they're trying to go into these larger X spells, which you do have one of, mm. which which we'll get to. Um, but I think that's, you know, it's usually Ramos is like X spell dot deck right, leveraging right. charms to get the counters. Or it's counters dot deck leveraging the counters to get to X spells. Yeah, yeah. That's usually the way you see Ramos built. So you, you have it gone with the grain, but you also didn't go against the grain. I feel like we're just kind of waiting in a kiddie pool trying to figure out. Do I need to put on sunscreen or do I need to like go put on a t-shirt? Sure. And I just don't know which direction we're going yet. Yeah, and I think this deck, I just it's just fun to play, to be honest with you. Like I didn't really okay. think too much about the yeast in it. Like this is just something I can kind of bring out and just have fun. Um, I think it's one thing that you can really dictate the control and the length of the game, and you can build up your own defenses so that people kind of play around and eventually you have that one person that you can kind of pick on with some of the some of the stuff in the yeast. So it's I, there is some cuts I'll be making to make it a little more streamlined. And I've been talking, and there's a few more I'm going to make off cast as well to make it into something that's a little bit more streamlined with the multicolor kind of focus. Nice. Well, let's yeah. get into some de deck statistics deck uh, from a mana base. Got it. We always ask this now. Did you uh, do this on purpose or was yes. this an accident? Yes, I did. 
I'm so proud of you. <laughs> I, uh, uh, his color pie is almost equal, guys, for all five colors. A little bit off on some, yeah. but you've done a pretty damn good I, job for five I, colors. I put in all of the triomes, um, and then I had some. I got some play tests of some of the stuff. I got uh, some play tests of fetches, and then the uh, dual land secret lair came in, the shock land one. So that really let me open up um, and get some get that color balance. And I did make this thing of cutting out a few, adding some in, and seeing how it affected. It was nice. the first time I've ever actually done that. And since I did that, uh, it really hasn't had any problems with mana, which is kind of shocking. To be completely That's honest, amazing. I know, right? Is that wild? And, and I'll be, we'll be frank. Um, the word budget can mean different for everyone. Me being a five color person that plays a lot of five color decks and yeah. has a lot of five color mana bases, this is a budget five color mana base. Yeah, pretty in much. today's world. Yeah. Um, CMC 312. I was also surprised. Um, and I think that's probably going to go down. I have a couple cuts that I think are going to be. I think it's probably going to go up. Go up? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. I'm here for it. But yeah, that was also kind of a nice surprise. Um, I think it's mostly because most of the charms and commands are two or three colors, right? So yeah. when your deck, and if you look at the pie, it's overwhelmingly two and three color multi level spells in terms of the chart of it. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, it, it can kind of come out swinging to some extent. And budget-wise, you could build this deck for about 400 bucks. Yeah. And, you can, take. and there's some, they, most of that's in the land base, right? Like, I have fetches and that sort of stuff. So if you know how to build a better budget land base, you can probably make it for even cheaper than that. I think Tomer's is like 100. So oh, wow. um, you can definitely do it there. And then the last thing that we have to start, we, we need to do a better job at it, but we start talking about your rarity in your cards. Oh, right. I'm a little surprised here. Three mythics, six commons, and it's almost equal rares to uncommons. 44 rares to 38 uncommons. I'm assuming that's because there's a lot of charms that aren't rares. Yeah, exactly. Like, and I think that you hit the nail on the head there. Um, the mythic rare also might be off. I'm looking at it. It claims flooded strand and whipstrand heats are mythic rares. <laughs> so well, that's and that's, that's because Big Tuck is lazy and he doesn't pick his card edition, so it just I'm does it on the for recent that with 50 decks or however much. <laughs> it's way too much effort. Uh, it's yeah, okay, guys. I, I Mr. Combo makes time for you. I think I think it is because all the charms and most of the things are rares and uncommons. Uh, so yeah, so they were just kind of worked out that way completely by accident. All right. Well, I think that completes the deck description. I think we should actually dive into the deck itself. What do you think? Let's do it. Let's go ahead and start off with the grain section and Big Tuck. Why don't you talk about your ramp and grain? What's your first card? You felt like, man, five colors. I hate this. Here's what I have to put in. <laughs> there are a few of these that are kind of picks of mine that I like that this they kind of fell in. And the first one I have, I'm glad that we get to not shed some light on it, but bring some light on it. So bring to light is my first pick on here. Um, going in alphabetical order as always. Three colorless and Simic, that's a blue and a green, for a sorcery that has converged. So search your library for a creature, instant, or sorcery card with converted mana cost less than or equal to the number of colors a mana spent to cast bring to light. Exile that card and then shuffle your library. You may cast that card without paying its mana cost. So I think there's a lot of ways that you can build this where it's very tutor heavy, right? You have access to all the colors. Sure. You can run mystical, vampiric, diabolic, demonic, all that stuff. But I don't really like doing that. Um, and the more and more I'm playing, the more and more I'm trying to cut back on that. Mr. Combo, you brought that up. I've actually cut Worldly Tutor from decks recently to make room for more fun cards. So yep. it worked out. But I think Bring the Light in a five color is very, 
is very powerful. Um, I like the fact that it's kind of scalable, right? You don't have to pay all five to it. And I also like the fact that if it's a creature specifically, it gets to come on the board right away. Um, I just put this card in recently, so I have no data on how much it actually works. But for me, it's kind of like you get two counters on Ramos and then go get an answer that you need from one of the gazillion modal cards that you want in the deck. So I don't have much data on this. Uh, Mikhail, who had a Ramos deck, this was like the best card in his deck. He'd always go and find the thing that he would just win with on the spot. Uh, but for me, kind of a pet card. If I'm running five colors, I'm definitely running this in here as one of my only tutors. Yeah, I, I like the card. Now, I will say this, just like every other tutor, um, just because a, a little verbiage, you may cast the card. So even if it's a oh, creature, it sure. doesn't immediately come out. So usually, guys, people are just going to, if they have a counter, they're going to counter whatever you go get. Yeah. So this isn't any way to cheat around counters. And I want you to, you know, we don't want you to think that this is just a fun, cool way in as uh, as you play more and more colors in your deck, you obviously have to do a minimum two for bring the light and be in your deck. Yep. So as you go, hey, three and four and five, it just makes the cards value a little bit better, a little bit better, a little bit better. Um, because as you add those colors, it should never be a concern of, well, do I have enough to put into it to get the yep. five? If you're in five colors and you can't produce all five colors, there's something wrong. <laughs> yep. So yeah, completely agree. <laughs> uh, it's not bring the lights fault. It's your deck's fault. So <laughs> exactly. uh, like the card a lot. And, you know, like Tucky talked about for around a buck, it, it's, it's a good little yeah. tutor, you know, modal thing. There's a much better tutor that we'll get to a little bit later. Some Ooh. would say near the end of this very podcast. Mr. Combo, well, you, what, what was the first one that jumped out at you? Because I know there's oh, one. I know, I know there's one in here that you're gonna you're gonna lose your mind over. So, well, it's it's number one in all of your hearts, <laughs> but it's an is it? Uh, oh, it, it's a little. It gets wait. a little steamy sometimes. Oh, it's a little steamy. <laughs> we're, we're talking steam augury over here, just yeah. sweating like a whore in church. Uh, two colorless is it? That's blue and red. It's an instant. It's rare. You get it for about a dime. Um. Reveal the top five cards of your library and separate them into two piles. An opponent chooses one of those piles, put that pile into your hand and the other into your graveyard, and I do have voice work. We're back on voices. Perform. First voices of the year, baby. Okay. And we got, oh, come on. Hilgor Urzov enthusiast who is Hodor. Merry Christmas. <laughs> Not Hodor. fair. Hodor, Hodor. Hodor, big tuck jealous Hodor. <laughs> it's so easy. <laughs> Uh, so here's the thing that I really like about this card. Yeah. I think this is essentially like fact or fiction. It's right? the, yes, it's the exact same thing. Um, there's, except the difference is you put them into piles. Correct. Correct. Yeah. But beyond so that, it's fact that, or fiction. Yeah. So that's why I really like this. Cause it, a, it goes to your play style yes. modal for my opponents. B, it goes with Ramos cause it's at least two colors. So you're going to get two counters off of this. C, it's instant. Save yep. up your mana. Do it then. And then D, I didn't see tons of graveyard stuff in the deck, but a lot of charms do have a modal option to do of graveyard doing manipulation. Something with graveyard, yeah. So a card like this, early, mid, or late game, you can kind of manipulate your opponents. Sure. It could be the, uh, you know, you, I'll give cards that aren't in the deck, like expropriate basic land, or it could be... Uh, you know, very similar to bring delight. 
and right, other right, cards. Right. And it's like, which one? I was like, well, you can't have expropriate. That, that needs to go in the graveyard. It's like, oh, gosh, damn. Oh, yeah, well, what, what am I going to do? then you know you'll be able to get it back anyways. So I like it that it's there's really going to be no bad one for yep. you. And, Tuck, this puts you into your politics game, which you love to do. I do love it. And this has been a, this has been a pet card of mine for a long time. And I like it in the deck a lot. Unfortunately, it is on the cutting block for me for a later thing, but it's a sweet Boo! card. I know, I know, but I think you're gonna like the I think you're gonna like the cut for it because the next one, the cut's definitely more of your style of card, and I think you'll appreciate that big time. Well, uh, that's all right. I'm already I'm cutting cards in my bottle capping that you're gonna be very upset about. So oh, okay, it makes sense that you only upset me first. <laughs> there you go. All right, Tuck, what's your second one? Okay, so this is another. This is the other. Is it that I thought you were going to say? Uh, and this is one of the more expensive ones in the deck because it's new and it's played all over the place. Prismari Command. So I these commands are so much better than some of the charms. Usually it's like a one to one yeah. cut. But Prismari Command is a colorless and is it that's a blue and a red for an instant. Choose two. It deals two damage to any target. You draw two cards, then discard two cards. You create uh, a. Uh, 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 uh. Target player. Target player. Target player draws two Could cards. Could two cards. Could matter. Target player creates a treasure token and then destroy target artifact. So in my mind, what I'm like, the two modes that I see myself playing the most in this is going to be I draw two, pitch two, and then create a treasure token to kind of cut the cost on it and build up for a later turn. Um, unfortunately, this is one of the cards, this is one of the more expensive charms in the deck at around $5. And I have not got to see this card in play. I've only seen it in modern streams or standard streams I've seen. I know the card Rex, uh, but that's why I put it. It's, it was really hard to put some of these into what slot they belong in because, mm -hmm. so I just had to go to like, okay, best case scenario, worst case scenario, where would it go? For me, this is more of a grain card than one that's interaction with the two damage and destroying the target artifact. Yeah, that's fair, because honestly, I look at this card, and I'd probably use it more for... I think I think we could both agree. You're probably always creating a treasure token. I think so. I to, would think so, to, yeah. Because it's almost like putting money in the bank. Like, exactly. I'm spending it now to be able to use for later. Um, and I would go to the destroy target artifact piece, mm -hmm. just because those just scare the shit out of me. Yeah. Um, and I'd rather do that than pitch two cards. But I that's what's nice about these modal cards. Like, right. there is no right answer. Like, we could tell you what we think, but Tuck, you very well play this deck the next time and not even do the treasure token one. It's like, exactly. I need to draw two, discard two, and destroy an artifact because right. they're about to pop off. I got to stop this and or get I need to I need to zap a target. I need to zap a Planeswalker that's about to ultimate, right? Like, something yep. like that, that little chip damage. And I will say this one, I if I did this right, honestly, it would have been like 40 hops, but that's not fun. So we had to make, we had to draw a line somewhere. There you go. All right. Well, my next one is a mana dork that Ooh. I loved playing in standard. This dude was money. We are talking a prowler of the night. Oh, yeah. A ley line prowler. Oh, it's so uh, good. This guy's also awesome. recent edition. So. Yes, recent edition as well. Colorless Golgari. That's going to be your black and your green. It's a 2 3 uncommon creature nightmare beast. Tap, add one mana of any color. So it's a three mana mana dork. Why yep. is Mr. Combo so pumped? Because <laughs> they gave it Death Touch and Lifelink. And Lifelink. <laughs> what the <laughs> hell? So, it's so um, good. And unfortunately, I do have a block of uh, text, but I assume the wheel will give me Pikachu next, correct? Yes, exactly. Um, or hope, or uh, one of the other monosolmonic ones. Uh, okay. We got Marquesa, the Black Rose, who is 
the female version of Jareth from the Labyrinth movie. So female David God Bowie. Damn it! This is, that's a tough I don't one. know what these are. What are these obscure, dumbass like, references? Feminine and British and androgynous and kind of mystical with the giant cock ring. <laughs> well, I can relate to the giant cock ring piece. Yeah, so, okay. so I thought that would be the one that put you on it. It feeds on dark energies that chorus through deep world <laughs> and any other creatures lured suck a dick by the ley lines full i don't know we we gotta we gotta go it's, through some of these and it's witches i thought but 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 the, the, the people who put them on that's just a slap in the face we gotta I, get better no, but, we have to but do we've better do, we've been doing it for a year i i'd say once a voice is on the list for a year and we can't okay, do it I, we reserve the right to remove it i, I say we both get what if we get like that's both. We picked two a piece that we could just take off, or something okay. like that. Like we'll we'll, we'll we'll figure this out at a later date. <laughs> so, anyways, Leyline yes. Prowler is absolutely amazing, guys. Um, if you're running black and green in your deck, this should be in the deck over yep. a Wood Elves or over a lot of ramp creatures. If it, if it comes down to where like you have to cut ramp for ramp, I'd rather yeah, have Leyline sure. Prowler than Wood Elves. Um, yeah, I agree. And, and, like, honestly, this was a late cut as well because it's two colors, right? Like, I think a lot of people mm -hmm. would be like, oh, uh, well, Paradise Druid's better. It's like, sure, it's one mana less, but for what to what end, right? Like, this at least yeah. gets two counters if you get it late game, and it can at least block and kill something. So, yeah, I know you're a big fan of this card. I am upset, though, because it looks like a little baby kitty cat, and it should be a Nightmare Beast cat. It's probably Or it could just be Nightmare Cat. Perfect. Even better. Then I'd run in every <laughs> deck, regardless of color combo. <laughs> Every deck you see on Big Tuck's uh, tapped out is just illegal, illegal, yeah, illegal, illegal. illegal. <laughs> All right, Tuck. Well, give us your last green card. Okay, so this is a land, uh, a great land in here, and arguably a land that goes just, in my opinion, any five-color deck because there's very little bat downside to it. Uh, the World Tree, pretty strong. So yeah. it's a land, uh, not legendary, which is weird considering that it's like a it's, mythical tree. It's, it's absolutely legendary. And if you guys are curious why we said that, be sure you listen to um, Where in the Multiverse is Fibblefip. This week's episode was Kaldheim. We did with Sir Brian. We literally oh. talk about the world tree and its mythicness. So Wait, really? Tuck's absolutely right. <laughs> it should be legendary. It's so stupid it's not. It's so stupid is why. But anyways, it enters the battlefield tapped, which kind of stinks. Um, it, but it adds for a green, right? So in my opinion, if you're running... A five-color deck, you just cut a forest, and you're net neutral on that to some extent. Tap yeah. for green, and then as long as you control six or more lands, lands you control have tap, add one mana of any color. That's Incredibly great. good. And then for Woo, for double Wooberg across the board, you can tap, sacrifice it, search the library for any number of god cards, put them on the battlefield, then shuffle your library. I have none, so <laughs> I th I'm thinking about adding one or two, but pretty much it's here for the third block of text where... I mean, it's... It's basically a land slash potential for chromatic lantern. Exactly, it's, right? Like, yeah. I don't see a downside to it. I mean, someone could shoot it, but someone could just blow up your chromatic lantern. It adds a mana, which is critical. If it added a colorless, it's a little harder to argue. Yep. Um, just for me, for three bucks, I think it's a very, very strong utility land in five colors. And because I mean, look, me and Tucker literally reaching for ways to make this bad, like where you wouldn't <laughs> run it. Like another one, I guess, would be as long as you control six or more lands, other lands you control have exactly tap, right. maybe something like that to where the world tree only ever taps for green. Maybe that makes it a little bit worse to where you wouldn't do it. Yeah, but still, it's just like if you're in five colors, 
you're going to have over six lands because you need to be able to tap for yeah, five of your fillers. That's five yeah. lands. <laughs> so you're going to get there. And I do agree. Like right now, the price point is only about $3. If you guys are five color people like myself, I'd probably go buy a bunch of these because as long as it's under five, I think this is an auto include with command tower into all five color decks. Yeah. Once it sure. gets above $5 though, that's where it starts to get a little sticky of like, how do you how do you put financial value on what that one singleton land's gonna do in a deck of a hundred? Yeah, it's the same reason people struggle with like uh Urborg, Tomb of Yogmoth, Cabal Coffers. It's right. like, uh, do I do I run that stuff if it's like maybe I get the advantage? Cause it's like a twenty dollar card. Um right, I don't right, know. Right. But this this is one I think as long as it's under five, you just buy it and put it yeah. in the deck. You're pretty you're pretty safe. It's a pretty safe investment for sure. And my last grain card makes the ETB tapped completely irrelevant. I know you love it. (laughs) Can't resist it. We're talking Amulet of Vigor, and I'm proud of you for having it in here. You actually have a foil? Uh, I have the, uh, I don't know. I put the one in from the, the one you got from the secret lair. Oh, okay. The Teferi one, yeah. Yours is showing up as a... uh, I just dump, I literally just dump the, I just dump the list in and click add to, click add to deck list. It's so All right, easy. well, Amulet of Vigor. It's a colorless artifact. It's a rare, uh, and it states whenever a permanent ETBs tapped and under your control, untap it. Yep. And what magical voice did Unko AJ give me for Anawan the Ruin Sage? So, as someone who likes the Jungle Book, he went with Shere Khan the Tiger. Ooh. And he also he also gave this description as well. Uh, right. It's voiced by Shere Khan the Tiger from the OG animated Jungle Book. It's a very proper, pompous, cold, and threatening voice. Hmm. After years of study, I've learned an important lesson. The relics we watch may be watching us back. Nailed it. <laughs> slam All slam right. dunk. <laughs> well done. So... Here's the thing I love about Amulet of Vigor, and I hate that the card is so expensive, guys. Uh, yeah. like, I can't give you a price because Tuck has some nonsense foil one in here. Uh, but I think Tapped Out has fixed it to where no matter what card you highlight on, I think it gives you the cheapest version of it, I think, from a market okay. perspective. Uh, so you can get one for about $20, which I think is still way too expensive. Probably. But here's the thing. And this is something I argue also, and it doesn't necessarily fit Tuck's strategy, but this is why Blood Sun is a great card in mm-hmm. decks like this. Yep. If you need a budget land base, it's better to spend $20 on a single artifact that can solve that budget land base's problem than investing $500 to $1,000 to just get a better <laughs> land base. So Amulet of Vigor, yes, it's a lot of money for 20 bucks, but that $20 is saving you hundreds on individual lands yep. because now you can play your bad tap lands and they'll come in untapped. Exactly. So that's why I love this card because I played it a lot, Tuck, and we've never talked about this. The reason I loved it is because early when I started playing Magic, I didn't know about dual lands, so I just mm-hmm. got lands and they always came in tapped. tapped. And I was like, yeah. well, how do I make it actually work? And this was a card that's like, oh, one mana, I could drop it down turn one. Perfect. Exactly. This fixes my tapped land mana base. Saves you life on uh, shock lands as well, right? You can just have them enter the battlefield tapped. They come out, right? So your fetches get even better. I yep. mean, if you're running all, the, I'm running all the triomes. Those obviously come into play tapped. So having those come in untapped is huge. So yeah, 
I'm this. I think this is a card I only ran. The reason I have one is because I ran it in Maze's End, and this is what mm. this is the remnants of that deck. But again, I definitely left it in here for the value and getting that speed going of these budget more budget lands. Absolutely. Well, guys, that's going to wrap up the grain profile. We're now going to head over to the hops and board state, and how do we just deal with our opponents and what shenanigans they're doing? And I feel like. We're going to be charmed quite a bit Ooh. with the selections. Oh. So I will start this section off with, uh, I assume this charm was uh, designed after Neil deGrasse Tyson because the first name of it is kind of like deGrasse. Derek Gaz's charm oh, is kind of wow. there. That is, so, that is sweaty. <laughs> <laughs> that is a sweaty reach. So this card is an instant for Jund. Uh, that's going to be black, red, and green pips. It's an uncommon, 19 cents. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna take a stab at the set. Okay. I have this is older than when I played. Oh God, is this in is this onslaught or invasion? Yeah. <laughs> uh, neither. It's actually this is a, this one's like cheating. Dual decks, Phyrexia versus the Coalition. That's oh my what this gosh. Is. Get Dude, out of here. All right. Well, guys, Daragaz's Charm, uh, it says choose one. Return target creature card from your graveyard to your hand. I talked about graveyard earlier. Key yep. thing. The Charm deals three damage to target creature or player. I would assume that's been eradicated to any target. Yep. Or target creature gets plus three, plus three until end of turn. So the reason I wanted to talk about it in hops is because of the three damage, the plus three, plus three aspect. Sure. The return target creature card from your graveyard to your hand. I mean, I guess if it's like, oh, in step, you had blown up Ramos. I can't afford to cast him again. Exactly. Let yeah. me go ahead and get it back to hand so I can play him for six, I guess. But I actually see this probably being more of like, okay, let me block with Ramos DeGrasse is Charm, gets plus three, plus three. You're now a nine, nine. What do I need to do? Yep. Hmm, I actually need him to be three toughness more. Or, right. hey, I need to deal three damage to here. And then you could kind of figure out how you want to do it. But I see this as an absolute, almost like a giant growth. Instant Correct, speed. Yeah. Ha ha, gotcha. Exactly. Completely agree. And also, it really, this and another one um, that was in uh, the, the hops, it really actually is plus six, plus six when you look at it, right? Because yep. you cast it, it gets plus three, plus three, and then from the from the charm, and then it gets another three, three on top of it. So I look at it as like a blocker, also as like a surprise, got you, dealing damage out. And the three damage isn't great, but again, like we talked with this Ferrari card, sometimes you just need to blow up a troublesome commander, knock a planeswalker down, put in the last three points of damage on someone that's got their walls up, right? So I, yeah. I completely agree with you. I, I'm playing it for those two modes, most likely the latter, <laughs> if we're being well, honest. Because if you think about it, and you made a good point, Tuck. When you cast this, you block with Ramos. He's a 7-7. Seven, seven. Few things are going to be bigger than 7. Exactly. Um, so then you could just say, okay, well, I've taken care of this person attacking me. Well, this oh. other player's commander is the issue. Let's do 3 damage over there. And it's almost kind of like, I still protected me. I removed this creature, and I've removed another threat. And and if they're swinging in for commander damage, you can be like, okay, I'll give that creature plus three plus three, right? Yeah. And then maybe you can knock someone out. Oh, this card actually rules. Yes. Oh, Doyle rules. Oh, Doyle. Darius Garaz rules. <laughs> or DeGrasse Tyson the DeGrasse rules. DeGrasse Tyson rules. <laughs> All right, Tackle. Cool. Insert, insert the DeGrasse Tyson meme with his hands up or whatever. <laughs> 
Well, what's your first hoppy card? So this is a new one from one of the pre-cons that came out, and it's a will card. Uh, I do not see this played very much, but one of the guys in our play group swears by this. He runs it in almost any deck that runs it. And I think in particular, it does work in this deck big time. We're talking about Klaus Will of all of them. So X, red, red, I think green. I think it's Klaus. Klaus, Klaus Will. Klaus. Yeah. Okay, Klaus Will. X, red, red, green. It's an instant. Choose one. If you control a commander as you cast the spell, you may choose both. Breathe Flame. It deals X damage to each creature without flying. And then Smash Relic. Destroy up to X target artifacts or enchantments. Bonkers. The fact that you yeah. get both of those, this is, this is, I almost put this in yeast to some extent because I see this as being a huge board wipe if you're playing anything against the ground, right? You can pump six into this. Ramos is only getting bigger. He couldn't possibly care. And then you're going to blow up either a, a bunch of mana rocks, a bunch of protections, a bunch of value. There's just so much stuff that you get out of this. And, and the ceiling, you know, we, we haven't talked about it a lot recently, but like the floor to ceiling for this is so huge, right? Like for five mana, you're getting two damage and two artifacts. Like that's not a horrible rate. Um, it just, and like, if you have mana sinks, I need to run more X spells in here, which we'll get to later. It's just a complete house for a card, especially for 89 cents. And the other thing I would probably recommend, Tucky, that you add to your uh, land base is you should probably put in that colorless land that removes, like, isn't it, like, indestructible? Like, you can make uh, all your... I thought there was some... It's, I know that there's a... Uh, obviously, like, Shadow Spear. Yeah. You can remove indestructible from your opponent's stuff. I think there might be a land where you can, like, remove, like, some indestructible stuff. That might be something to consider putting in because then yeah. it's like, hey, do this. Okay, you know, indestructible. Ah, nope, no, you don't. And I still kill it. Right. Um, but I like this card. It's perfect for a hop because it does all interaction with your opponents and at the instant speed. Um, and I would probably do this for no less than X equals three. So six right. mana, three damage to all non-flyers and three artifacts or enchantments. That's a great rate. That's a basically, yeah. you're basically getting three disenchants plus a three damage non-flying board wipe. Yep, so exactly. That's pretty good. And and two counters on Ramos, obviously, which we don't need yep. to talk about because that's just how this deck works. So, <laughs> well, the next card I want to talk about, I love it because it's very modal for you. Ooh. Sometimes we just need to reclaim unfair oh. artifacts and enchantments from our opponents because it's just they're not being fair with them. So sometimes you got to exile those SOBs <laughs> out of the game. It's so so good. Sylvan Reclamation is awesome. Oh, man. We've talked Three about this card so many times on this podcast. It, it, it's a slam dunk in my Jota deck. I love it. Yeah. Oh, uh, for sure. Three colorless, green, white, instant, uncommon, 14 cents. It has basic land cycling, so you guys can just pay two colorless whenever you want. Discard the card from your hand, search your library for a basic, and then put it to hand. You're in five colors. You're going to need to do that from time to time. Yep. But the effect on it, exile up to two target artifacts and or enchantments. I'm telling you guys, it's we so just talked good. about two mana's disenchant. That's destroy. Right. You're basically saying at half a mana cost, now you get to exile it. I right. know everyone and their mother would say, oh, only half a mana more to exile it instead of destroy it. Yeah. Sign yeah. me up all day, including Sunday. 
And it's instant speed. Like that's the most bonkers part of it, right? Like the way this card reads should read like a sorcery, right? With the cycling bit on it, you're like, okay, yep. you can play this as a sor sorcery or your instant speed is land cycle it. You just get it's, instant speed everything. <laughs> I think this is, do what do you, how close is this to a staple in green, white decks? Just green, white. It's not. It's you not. You don't think so? Five, five mana is still a lot of mana. Sure, yeah. The reason it's not a big deal in Force five of, color Force or yeah. Ramos type decks is... Ramos could easily produce double Wooberg yeah. like that. It's and then it so gets it simple. back on him too. Uh, yeah. Before we move on, I just want to say, uh, interestingly enough, not in this deck, but this beer is brewed by Hoof Hearted Brewing. Maybe a crater Hoof. Or maybe the, the brewery's brewing. in a crater. And oh, that's why it's called Hoof. Oh, now we're talking about. Next level. Uh, this is the this is the four up quadruple dry hop triple India pale ale and that Jesus. is the most disturbing thing of Mario I've ever seen in my entire life. Absolutely, I I don't like it. I but don't like what it. I what I do like is possibly your next hop pick. Okay, what could that be? I think this card is kind of sneaky good and sees no play. It's seventeen cents and it's the charm I'm talking about from what some would say is the most overpaired color pairing in Magic currently. Uh, we're talking about our old pal Simic Charm. So mm. this one, actually, I think all three are pretty good. So for for green and a blue, it's an instant for 17 cents. Choose one. Target creature gets plus one, plus, plus I'm sorry, plus one, plus one, plus three, plus three until end of turn. Permanence you control gain hexproof until end of turn and then return target creature to its owner's hand. Honestly, not a bad one in the bunch, right? Mm -mm. Uh, I don't think people play this. And to me, this is a sort of budget uh, heroic intervention in the sense that it gives everything hexproof. It doesn't give you indestructible, so it's not quite as good, but for a tenth or a hundredth of the cost or whatever, how much it is, totally worth it. We talked again how good plus three plus three is. It's actually plus five plus five. And then even bouncing a creature, it just like, there's just a lot of utility in this card and I never see it played, which is just, again, kind of surprising. Well, I think the thing is though, you have to remove all the Ramos benefits from it. True. And then you yeah. would understand why it doesn't get played. It doesn't. It's not quite in, as good. Yeah. yeah. If if you're in Simic, you'd rather run Counter Magic, uh, Cyclonic or, Rifts. Yeah. yeah. There there's tons of stuff Any that those, those two ones? colors do. This card is a good budget option for people Correct. that can't afford those cards, or big, uh, if you're trying to do a deck yeah. building challenge on yourself. This is a good substitution for sure. cards like Rift and whatnot. Uh, but it's really only good in a Ramos deck, and that's it's, why it's fine. It it's excellent exactly in a Ramos deck, I would say. Yeah. It's it can be good in the right deck. It's excellent in a Ramos deck for the reasons that we've listed before. There you go. Well, um, I'm going to complete out my hop section with my final charming thought. Ooh, and Trevis charm. Uh, so <laughs> this <laughs> oh, is yeah, Trevis. The other charms. dragon. Oh, nice. So this is going to be Bant. Green, yes. white, blue. Good job. Instant. Yeah, I just always forget Bant because uh, it sucks. So. Yeah, no one likes no one likes playing it. <laughs> uh, it's an uncommon, uh, and it states choose one. <laughs> Destroy target enchantment or exile target attacking creature or draw a card, then discard a card. This is probably one of the best charms in yes. your deck Agreed. from a defensive position. We always talk about how enchantment removal is at a premium. Yep. Exile target attacking creature. That's insane. Yep. To be able With no to like, drawback. No drawback. I mean, yep. I, I guess like 
it does target the creature. I guess it could say exile attacking creature target opponent controls. Rolls. Like maybe oh, that, sure. that would maybe make it a little bit better. But uh, outside of Hexproof or Shroud, this thing's going to get rid of just about anything yep. you want. And it's perfect for those indestructible, the stuff that's usually like, oh my gosh, or Monster Mash type cards. Yes, How am right. I ever going to get rid of this thing? Here you go. And Here it's easy. Go. And it's different than a Swords to Plowshare Path to Exile. It's a little bit more flavorful. Absolutely. I, I think the weakest is the draw card, discard a card, but even yeah. that is good. Even that's good in a vacuum, right? If you need something and you have a handful of lands, what's the difference, right? Like, yeah. you get to refill, it replaces itself. Um, I don't know. I think I agree. Like, I think not every charm, not every legendary dragon charm is built the same, but I think the two yeah. that you chose are easily the best. Uh, also, from that same Bizarro dual deck. <laughs> so yeah. there you have it. Uh, but I do want to do a correction, Tuck. It doesn't replace itself. You actually oh, still true. go you down a card. Because you lose yeah. that, then you still have to and discard, discard to one. only gain sure. one. But I think you are right. In a vacuum, I mean, how many times is it late game, guys, where it's like, I'm drawing dead. Yeah, I need I got nothing. something. It's like, why not just waste three mana, get Ramos three counters, and just right. see if you get something. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's pretty strong. This one I have used, and it does hold up to the, it does hold up to the Snuff Chalice. Sweet. Well, Tuck, why don't you complete the hops profile with your last pick? So I chose this one mostly because it's one of the few cards that has flavor text and a name on it. Um, but I wanted your thoughts. I kind of wanted your thoughts on this card in a vacuum. So uh, I'm going with Utter End. Everyone's probably heard of this card. Two colorless, a white and a black for an instant. That's a rare for 32 cents. Exile target non-land permanent. So, and there is some flavor text read by Zergo, Can of the Mardu. Uh, and Uncle AJ had this to say about it. Kuba, Kubla Can as depicted on the Netflix show Marco Polo. Mr. Combo, have you ever heard of this show or seen it? I've heard of the show. I've never watched it. Okay. I'm pretty sure he's like this giant, like, warrior kind of guy. A gruff, slightly Asian, strong voice. Now, I'm going to be really careful here because the slightly Asian thing could have come across in maybe not a great way. So I'm going to try it. <clears throat> I uh, come seeking a challenge. All I found. Was you? I mean, I don't. See it? I feel like that's PC. Do I, I need don't to go know. more? Do I need to go more? Do I need to go deeper and get it? Did it bleeped out? No, definitely don't go deeper. I can go. I can go deeper. Let, let's just have Squee McGee be the judge of that. And if he bleeped it out, and you guys are wondering what are Tuck and uh, Mister Cabo talking about, don't worry, it's for your health. Okay, I'm doing it anyways. I all. It's like the Gungans or whoever, those guys from episode one. So, okay, I will immediately say this. I think there are better cards, like Anguish Unmaking is just a better card than this, right? Like the losing three life is almost incidental. Sorcery I still speed. Like this. Is it? Oh yeah, that's right. It is. No, wait, Vindicate Sorcery Speed. Anguish oh, Unmaking is right. instant that's as right. well, right? But for me, for the budget, for a budget card that I had lying around, I think it's extraordinarily versatile, right? I wish for four mana, it did say target permanence as opposed to target non-land, but it makes sense in the context. Like people don't like the landscape blow it up. makes sense to me, but for four mana, get rid of anything on the board that doesn't have hexproof or shroud. I think it's got a lot of utility in this deck. I mean, look, the card as you read, it has lots of utility. Yes. Right. Is it fine for this deck? It is multiple colors. So yes. Right. It is instant speed. We have some stuff that deals with instant speed in the deck. So it checks that box as well. 
But if we're just going to say, is Utter End a auto-include? No. Uh, is Utter End a standard? No. Um, sure. It's just, this is the perfect example of a card that probably needs to get downshifted to Uncommon. Because I believe yeah. the game, I think the game has accelerated beyond Utter End. So, um, I, I get it. I, I get. I get it. You're paying the instant speed tax in the CMC, but I don't care. Um, I, I think it should probably be downshifted <laughs> uncommon. Care. You could even keep it still as a thirty cent card. I think the price even reflects sure. that it's kind of like an uncommon. It's mm -hmm. there's a lot of them. So well, and, and uh, to your fine. point, to your point, Hero's Downfall just got downshifted to uncommon, right? There you go. And it was a, it was a five dollar rare for years, and now it's a twenty cent uncommon. I can. I think if you look at that, it totally makes sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, that's going to wrap up the board Satan hot profile. Why don't we scooty shuffles on over to how the deck's going to win in the yeast package and try to hear Big Tuck justify a simple card draw spell in the yeast package. <laughs> it's the best card in the deck. Uh, so uh, speaking of yeast, I was trying to cut down on my drinking. So instead of drinking six beers that are like 5%, I now drink two to three beers that are 10%, like this one right here. <laughs> so I'm, I'm big on yeast right now. So this first one is, this is, this is a yeast card. It's more of like a pet card for me, and it just happens to work in this deck, in my opinion, because it makes most people furious. Because we we're talking about, are, Three, we, are we doing this? Two, one. Aurelius Fury, Exboros Instant Mythic. Ha! <laughs> For a buck 35. So Aurelius Fury deals X damage divided as you choose among any number of target creatures and or players. Tap each creature dealt this way, dealt damage this way. Players dealt damage this way can't cast non-creature spells this turn. The sky's the kind of the limit on this, right? Yeah. Casting on, on other people's turn to stop them from comboing off. Casting on, on someone else's turn to stop them from attacking you with their giant creatures. Casting it on your turn to lock down the table from not doing anything so you can do your Ramo stuff. It just, I feel like this card doesn't get played a ton. And it's just got so much, it, even though it's not a modal card, I feel like it kind of is, right? Like there's so many different modes of play that you can play into this. And each one is kind of unique and special in its own sense. So it kind of sounds like you just described a hops card, how you're just being versatile and needing to uh, adapt uh, <laughs> but to this, whatever this the board's showing. This can showing. actually help you win because then you can swing out and knock someone out with Ramos because they don't have any blockers. Uh, okay, sure. Uh, yeah. I also do, no. Uh, the only reason this is okay to be a uh, yeast card is because it is an X spell. Ramos can remove five counters to get 10 yeah, mana. And, get huge, and you could yeah. just point it at someone's face and kill them. Sure, so, or multiple it, people's face and kill them. Well, I don't think you're ever going to be able to produce enough mana into X with the oh, way that divided this deck's out. built. Yeah, because yeah, it's divided. Um, yeah, oh, yeah, point. if it was just whatever you want, everything gets 10 or 20. Yeah, sure, <laughs> absolutely. But no, the dividing part, you could definitely take out one player that maybe has enough protection sure. or uh, pillow fortiness that doesn't allow you to swing in for the red zone. So that's why it's fine. Because Ramos makes 10, Ramos alone, remove it, he gets two counters back, you're doing X equals yep. 8, 8 damage to someone's face, that's a lot. And then even if you wanted to say, okay, well then Ramos could swing in for 6, essentially that whole just removing counters from Ramos, you not investing a single land, could do 14 to 16 damage to one person in one turn. Yeah. So, that's fine, 
don't get a little don't get cute don't get cute with the hey it Let's makes get cute. stuff it taps stuff down you so can't, they can't block. Can. it's a cute card it's a cute card it's a yeah, cute I, card and a cute deck look at ramos he's so handsome oh my god all right he's just well, a big my, baby boy my second one is another hops card don't know what this guy's thinking, but that's fine because you can argue, and I have seen people lose games to this card. Uh, it just takes a very particular opponent. Sometimes the best charms come from the devil. Where did the devils come? From Rakdos. Oh. So we're talking about Rakdos' yes, charm. It's very good. So just for Rakdos, that's black and red. It's an instant, it's uncommon, it's 25 cents, and it states choose. So one. good. Exile all cards from target players from target players graveyard. That sounds like a hop effect. Destroy target artifact. <laughs> that sounds like a hop effect. Each creature deals one damage to its controller. It's a hop effect ninety nine percent of the time, unless you play a token player. <laughs> so uh, yeah, th this card it's great. Uh, totally belongs in, in the section we talked yeah, about previously. But depending on your meta, this is where yeah. I think Bruzen builds and how we do grains, hop, yeast, and spice. For deck construction, this is where your meta can determine where this card sits. For Look, the meta that I play in, this would be a hops card. But you might be in a heavy sure. token meta, so therefore this is a yeast card. Yes, and I do play a lot of token stack here. This is a problem. Almost any card that says blank blank charm is probably a hops card, right? So I had to draw the line somewhere. No, so there you do. You just in you it. stick to it and you say, hey, going well, into this, I know I only have three cards that can win. And everything else is just value. But they all, that's but okay. they all like stack up to winning. It's like, that's why this was so hard to do. Is like, because every single card in here stacks up to like building yourself up to a winning position. Okay, Rhystic Study the then. That, that's a yeast card. It's but drawing it's like, cards, it's I'm building up to winning. That's a different, but like the, you don't build a deck around Rhystic Study. I have built this deck around these charm spells specifically for their modal abilities. That's why they're all like, it's all over the place with this. That's why it's, that's why it's, that's why it's hard to categorize these. It's a hops card. Okay, Tuck, what Whatever. is your uh, second yeast card? We are also doing another charm here. Um, this one is probably, again, they're all just hops cards. So I'm just going to say it. Teamer charm. There you go. Oh, hey, that's mine too. <laughs> oh, there, hey, there we are. Look at that. You, you're, you're just little bitterness or, or unhappiness. We just missed out on a 3-2-1. I'm not, one. I'm not you know bitter about it. We can do it. No, no. Egg his apartment. You egg his apartment right now. Oh, yeah. Come on down. You can, I hope you got a good arm to throw to the fourth floor. <laughs> or you need to send a big tuck hundreds of pounds of uh, catnip to just send Mr. Bubs into like a coma state. <laughs> what what is this? I had to sign for this. What is this? <laughs> then you would kill him. He's allergic to catnip. I oh, think. he is. I think so. Like because there's like he's he's only thrown up twice since I've had him, and both times is when I fed him the nip, which he well, loves. I mean, that's like saying like, yeah, I think you might be allergic to like heroin. Why? Well, the last time two times you did heroin, you threw up. It's like, it's I why know. I don't eat it's why I don't eat scallops. I had them twice when I was eight years old, threw up both times and got the spins. I haven't had them since. This is how, oh it, this is how he operates. Two strikes and you're out. All, All right. right. Well, uh, but green, blue, red. It's an instant. Uncommon seven cents. Choose one. Target creature you control gets plus one, plus one until end of turn. It fights target creature you don't control. Hops. Counter target spell unless controller plays three. Hops. Creatures with power three or less can't block this turn. This is actually... That's the only one. Yes. Because it's... You don't have to deal damage to like your Aurelius, yep. or yeah, you kind of have to deal the. This is just hey, you guys can't can't block. Period. So I actually do think you can make a very loose, loose, loose argument 
for this to be a yeast card, similar to where if you wanted to justify Rogue's Passage in your deck as a yeast card, then it's like, okay, yes. I guess. I agree with that, yeah. Because here's where I get stuck. I've only seen one Ramos deck, that's Mikel's. Which is completely his, different than this one, right? Yes, because his, he was more using the counters on Ramos to further other spells and further other things. And yeah, he would occasionally, you know, smack you for yeah. eight or ten, but that wasn't his goal. I don't know what your goal is, so I don't know how much in the red zone you're actually going to be versus trying to right, leverage yeah. these counters for additional mana. So that's where I can yeah. say loosely, if this is a red zone Ramos, I guess Teamer Charm can kind of make sense. I, this is a red zone Ramos. Pretty much how it works is you just play the board like a fiddle, right? You control what's happening. If someone's getting too far ahead, you stop them with one of your charms or you're building your own army. And eventually it comes down to people who haven't touched you because they can't because they do, you fog or bounce or whatever. So they just get bored with it and start attacking each other. And then eventually you scoop in with a giant Ramos or have like a monster turn where you get to do a gazillion things. Mm. So the, this is a, the reason why I put this into yeast is my own personal issue because I played Prosh for potentially the last time because I'm sick of playing it. Because every single game is the same. I think I'm going to do your Sakaar Death Speaker uh, build out of it too. So I'm really excited about that. But literally, I lost the game because someone had a Gilded Goose that blocked Prosh. <laughs> I couldn't draw an answer. I couldn't do anything. And guess what? Most flyers power three or less, baby. Drakes, Goose, Birds, or Burbs, if you will. All of our three or less. I'm going to bash you in the face of the 2020 Ramos. for even having the gall to keep that back as a blocker. Your tucks over here, like, yeah, we got all these power three or less flyers. Drakes, goose, birds, birds. goose, thopters, <laughs> goose, <laughs> yeah, goose, thopters. goose, goose. It was a gilded goose. I could, I got, I got beat by a gilded goose. That's I was amazing. So pissed off. I was so upset. <laughs> all right, Tuck. All right. Well, why don't you give us your last here, yeast card? Here, here it comes. Here it comes, Mr. Combo's meltdown. Whirlwind of thought, baby. Not not best a yeast card. card. Best card, not a best card, card in the deck. Doesn't best mean card that, in the deck. It could be the best Colorless, card in the deck blue, and not be red, a yeast. white for an enchantment. Whenever you Name cast it. an on-creature spell, draw a card. And it does have some flavor text, so it's finally my turn. Uh, this isn't my best, but it's something doable. Nyrex, Slipfinger, Master Thief. <clears throat> uh, Kermit the Throg. <clears throat> so it's like, not Ray Romano. That's after one. <laughs> As Norset struggled to meditate, honey... Dragonlings spiraled around her, enduring thoughts of ancient clans. Oh, there you go. See, I think the whole thing with Kermit versus Ray Romano, it's like they have the same uh, kind of like yeah, right, like yeah. echoey voice. Hey, but I think hey, Mom, Kermit it struggled to meditate. Yeah, I think Kermit, as long as you kind of like make it still keep it like higher register, I think that's where the Kermit is, and yes, like Ray Romano is yeah. just slightly lower. It's a good job. There's like someone but else, not a good job with this card. Like them. Incorrect. When I the every time I played this, this has been the card that has enabled me to win the game. Because you can cast ground creature spells, draw cards, put counters on Ramos, and just complete the cycle going and going and going again. You keep real fill, you keep refilling your hand, keep finding answers, keep building Ramos out, and keep doing the thing over and over again. I understand that in the parallels of our show, a grain is a card that draws you a card. I would say though, this this card more than any other card in the deck helps me win. And what are these cards? Decks that actually, as we described, cards that actually help you win and close out the game. And Whirlwind of Thought does that more so than any other card in the entire deck. Well, I would disagree. I think the World Tree does that because it gives you access to five colors and enables all your lands. But that lands, doesn't help so that me win the game. It doesn't, do, it, just doesn't, it doesn't do anything. This is an active enables, card that does something. But you just said it enables you to help win the game. The World Tree turns all of your lands into five color lands. That enables you to win the game. But I don't win the game when it's out. 
This this whirlwind of thought plays directly into the theme of the deck, which we talked about. Plays with these cards. It refills my hand, makes Ramos humongous, and then I go to I go to town on it. I I really think here, Tuck. This is speaking as your long term co host. I think you're just fixated on making this a yeast because you don't really have a yeast package. You don't have like actual like game winners. It's a lot I of do. value. I do. It's whirlwind of thought. When this, it's when not, this resolves, it's the, not. Game is over, the game is no, coming it's not. to a close. It's, yes, it it's is. Not. Every time, time, every time, time I you and I play, I will let you have it in your opening hand, and I guarantee okay. it's it's the same argument with Grizzlebrand. Just because it hits the battlefield doesn't mean you immediately win. And at least with Grizzlebrand, you could pay a whole crap ton of life and draw 20, 30 cards at once. This you literally can't. I don't have to pay. I don't have to pay anything because I cast a card, draw a card, cast a card, that's draw a card. Thing. That's paying a thing. But then Ramos is up to is up to its five counters. I take it off. That's ten free mana. I get to do the cycle over again. It's I'm it's I'm just telling you, and I'm this, telling you, it's a winningest card in the game, and this it facilitates card, exactly how we describe yep, yep, it. Yep, sure, sure, sure. You <laughs> can, yep, that's fine. So once again, just, say, yeah. just a casting stuff to draw a card that is not a how I win the game. If you want to argue that you have to draw cards to win the game, then literally every card draw spell out there is a game winning enablement card. And I'm listening. That th this is just. Just because something synergizes amazingly with your deck doesn't mean it's a game-winning card. That's just completely false. If I took this card out of the deck, this card would have... A, if I took this card out of this deck, this one card, and replace it with a Rissic Study, that okay. does... That is also... A, that's replacing a Yeast with a Grain. This deck would... The winning percentages of this deck would plummet. But the, here's the... Once again, that doesn't mean a card... Just because a card helps make the deck run smooth and be able to get you to what you need, that doesn't just make it a yeast card if you take it out and the deck doesn't function the same. Yes, that's, it does. Without yeast, no. without yeast, you'd be drinking Tuck. flat sugar water. Without yeast cards, your deck wouldn't meet the goal of actually winning the game. And I'm, That's literally what we say at the beginning of every episode. Tuck, once again... Just because <laughs> I, something you do something to draw you a card. I have cards in my Shirai deck that I could I do more often than you probably do with this on everyone's turn. Letting stuff die, I draw cards. We have never made an argument that those are game winning cards. This is that's a completely different deck though. Each deck is built differently, isn't it? The not? concept's the same. I'm doing a thing that allows me to draw a card, that allows me to do a thing, that allows me to draw a card. That's your argument. I could do a thing to allow me to draw a card, do a thing to draw a card. Ramos gets to take off right, and get then, more mana, do a thing to draw a card. Ramos gets bigger, then gets a play into Ramos's build. Uh, 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 you're, uh, uh, yes, uh, uh, you're describing yeah, yeah, exactly. Gotta let me finish. It's literally, you're just saying, I do a thing to draw a card, I do a thing to draw a card. Ramos's ability gives me more mana to do a thing to draw a card. We can make that argument with a lot of different things. That doesn't mean that the thing... It's an amazing green card. It is a huge foundation of the deck. But that card does not win the game. I disagree. We, we are going to disagree on this, or else we're just going to keep talking circles around each other. So oh. Next time we play it, we'll... Next time we play it, we'll figure it out, and we'll... And I'll acknowledge we'll that stream. the card is a foundation of the deck, but it is sure. not a yeast card. In your opinion? In facts. Okay, sure. Whatever, whatever you got to tell yourself. Oh, oh. So that's going to wrap up the yeast package. Well, let's head over to probably one of the most fun sections in the deck in Spice. And, and I'll go ahead and start this off with a card that I really, really like. Um... I think we've talked about this before in a past teamer deck because it's modal, but this card would be a nightmare to play on VEDH. 
Yes. We're talking. Uh, I, have this, I, I have the same one because I just put it in here. It's oh, okay. The, it's, 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 a, it's a, in my opinion, it's the second best card in the deck besides where one to thought. Oh, my God. All right. Three, two, one. Gilded guided Passage. Guided Passage. Oh, Guided Passage. Ugh. Guided Passage. <laughs> uh, this is Teamer, blue, red, green, yep. sorcery. It's a rare from Arcadian Masks for less than a buck. Uh, invasion, sir. Oh, Invasion. Yes. Uh, yeah, for less than a dollar. Okay, here we go. Reveal the cards in your library. An opponent chooses from among them a creature card, a land card, and a non-creature non-land card. You put the chosen cards into your hand, then shuffle your library. I would challenge someone to find three cards that I wouldn't want in this deck. Oh. I... I okay, you keep talking about it. I'm going to see if I can find you three. Think, you think if I it. For the most part, this is going to get me a land, which is critical, a creature that's going to be a ramp spell, more likely than not, and then also either a charm or some other interaction spell that we're going to get into or ramp spell. I mean, there's a few that are kind of stinkers depending on the board state, so not every single time it's going to be great, but for three mana, I'm getting three cards that are all going to be likely helpful for me in the long run. Now, you do have to play the sub game of I'm going to flip this deck over and then one of you guys is going <laughs> to have to go through and choose one. So, which is kind of a pain in the ass, but the card's too fun not to do it. Okay, I think I got them. The land, Cascading Cataracts. Okay, not great, I, but still taps for a mana. I believe I would pick Time Wipe for your non-creature. Ooh, sure. And then I think for your creature... Gosh, see, this one's tough. I think I would probably go with... Um, Leyline? One that I'm going to be talking about later, but I'll just... I won't go into the reasons why, but I think I'd probably pick Sprite Dragon for the creature. Oh, yeah, sure, yeah. 100%. So I think if I pick those three, I don't think you're like, damn, that was a whiff. But I think if I did those three, that I think that is your worst case scenario. I think, those where would be, like, I think that would be the worst case. And you're like, Which okay... <laughs> Which is still, like, fine, right? Yeah. Like, that's the best part. Like, it's still a land, a board wipe, and a creature that's potentially punching people. So That's fair. Uh, I I had this card in a different deck. I don't remember which one. Um, and it's just a blast. I, I've not got to resolve this. I just put this in. Uh, I actually swapped out the card to put this in Moxfield because I've been playing around with that one. And then when I looked into this, I was like, I'm 90% sure I've guided passage in here. So I had to get the two lists and compare them side by side. Oh, and my Excel gosh. That's To funny. match them up. So... What a pain in the ass. <laughs> well, guys, that's going to wrap up the spice package. And to, to come to a conclusion of the episode, we're going to be doing the bottle capping. And as a reminder, Collective, this is going to be Big Tux and Ice cuts from the deck. And we're going to add three cards, one for under $5, one for under $50, and one that doesn't have a budget. We just can't talk about mana-only lands. All right, Big Tuck, kick us off for an under $5. Okay. What do you think you're going to cut, and what do you think you're going to add? Because there was one that I'm doing for my under 5. I was shocked you did not already have in the deck. Genuinely Wait, really? shocked. I so, might, it, might be, it might be my second pick, because I th I, there's one in here I was like, wait a minute. That can't be right. No <laughs> well, way. Are you what, kidding? Okay, anyways, we'll get, yeah. yeah. Um, so as I mentioned, I'm going to cut Steam Augury. Yep. I love the card. I think it's good. I might actually keep it in here, to be honest, because I like everything about it. But there's a card from Redacted Set that we talk about every single time that now has fallen out of standard and is now a very budget called Escape to the Wild. Oh. So three colorless, a green, and a red for a sorcery. 
exile the top five cards of your library. You may play cards exiled this way until the end of your next turn, and you may play an additional land this turn. So what I like about this card a little bit more than Steam Augury, granted, I like that Steam Augury's instant speed, and that's mm -hmm. the biggest complaint I have against um, Escape to the Wilds, but it's likely I'm going to hit cards that I'm going to be able to play consistently the turn after, yeah. right? Like hit five, hit a land and a few commands or um, some charms. If I, if I play this late game, I have mana open on Ramos that I can trigger to play those. And the fact that it plays an additional land this turn, I think is just really, really strong, right? Um, it seems like it's got a lot of value into it. Good way to get through the top of my deck. Just seems like a really strong card for this board of Spell Slinger, getting the land out has a lot of value in my opinion for 62 cents or whatever it is. So I'll actually be honest, even if it didn't have the additional land this turn, I think you got enough in here to where you still make it work to where I actually still love this card for the deck, mainly yeah. because of Ramos's condition. You can only activate this once per turn. Mm -hmm. So you could get it to where you have more than five plus one plus one counters on them. And it's like, well, let me remove those. I'm going to cast a bunch of spells. He gets some more stuff. Cast Escape yeah. to the Wilds. Exile these cards while I'm all out of mana. Hey, go to your turn. Okay, I'm going to remove 10 counters. I'm going to start <laughs> casting the stuff. Right, exactly. So yeah. I really, really like that um, because it does give you a lot of flexibility and the majority of your deck are instants. So I don't think any of the conditions of the cards are going to impact oh. you to where you can't do it on the other people's turns. Right, right, right. For sure. And you get a free, and you get a free land. Yeah. Right? So. All right. What are you I, now? What are you gonna cut? I'm gonna cut the sprite dragon. So that's total. Uh, that is totally fine. <laughs> <laughs> but it's basically the same thing as your uh, whirlwind of thought. Down creature spells. It gets bigger. All right. Yeah, exactly. It's a backup commander. <laughs> oh god, damn it. Uh, this is is it a uh, blue oh red creature fairy dragon uncommon? It's a one one. It has flying haste. Whenever you cast it on creature spell, put a plus one plus one counter on sprite dragon. Uh, AKA this is draft fodder. It's I don't know. It's I just, it's I I had some stupid when I first put this deck together. I think I honestly just needed a two color card to put in. Like <laughs> I'm gonna be honest with you. So. so this is a five color legend. Shot isn't in the deck. Why the hell for a dollar ninety? Why don't you have Niv Mizzet Reborn in the deck? Oh my god! What so <laughs> this is Wooburg, guys. One of each color. Legendary creature, dragon oh avatar, God. mythic. It's a 6-6 six, six with flying. When it ETBs, reveal the top oh, 10 shit. of your library. And I've already yeah. done the counting for you, Tuck, and I'll get to that in a second. For each okay. color pair, choose a card that's exactly those colors from among them. Put oh the chosen cards yeah. into your hand and the rest on the bottom of your library in a random order. Tuck, just take a gander. Ooh. How many two-colored cards do you have in the deck? Oh, two colored cards. Yep. 22? 32. No way. <laughs> so. I, this never even, this never even crossed my mind. <laughs> yeah. So I looked at this because I was actually going to, um, and I redid my order a little bit because I actually did cut a, uh, hard draw spell for this one, but we'll we'll get to it a little okay, bit later. Sure, yeah. It's just, we already talked about Sprite Dragon, so, uh, but yes, and you'll know like what card draw spell I'm talking about. It's literally a five for five, uh, but if we just want to put oh. it in a container with Urban and Sprite, or Sprite Dragon and Niv-Mizzet, Niv-Mizzet is three more mana, but it's getting sure. you three more counters on Ramos, probably going to draw you four to five cards. Like, let's just be honest. 
and you have oh, a six six flyer that's gonna and and I can be and I can easily proc Ramos to cast every single card that is true. Yep, pretty <laughs> I, much. I don't know. I really don't know why this wasn't in here. To be honest with you, it never even it never even crossed my mind. Uh, so I'll be getting this shortly, <laughs> for sure. All right, let's go to the under fifty dollar. Let's see if Tuck can redeem himself because I found another card. How the hell was it in the deck? What are you <laughs> this, cutting and what are you adding? This was my screw up big time. Um, I'm gonna cut Dune Blast. Um, oh, okay. I it's fine. Uh, four colorless, uh, and then Abzan. So that's white, black, green sorcery. Choose up to one creature, destroy the rest. It's fine. It just costs a lot of mana for a board wipe, right? I I get that. The only thing I'll argue, Tuck, for Dune Blast, because I actually considered it. This is mm -hmm. one of your few board wipes that yeah. you can keep Ramos and all of his counters. Yeah, for sure. So I, I really, it, really like that. Because even if you did remove five counters from Ramos, get your Wooberg, use seven of it, he gets three back, and you right. still have three mana left over. I don't know. I I've never I always think this card's good and it's just it just never really works out for mm, me. So okay. um I think there's better ones out there and it's this one which I am so shocked that I don't have in this deck because I love this card. I've been on Cassane, I should put it in every card. I should put it in every deck that can run it. And in this card it even gets even wilder with Ramos. Villainous wealth. Oh, Hello? Yeah. What? <laughs> like that's so stupid. X, black, green, blue, sorcery. Target opponent exiles the top X cards of their library. You may cast any number of spells with mana value X or less among them without paying their mana costs. Like, okay, minus five off of Ramos. Tap everything. Villainous wealth. Cast all your cards. Put all the same counters on Ramos. Next turn, remove five. Play all the cards in my hand. <laughs> like, it's... I. I could have sworn it was in the deck and it was just, sh I like went back and forth between Moxfield and everything. It's completely bonkers. Like even like even in a pinch doing it for two just to get the five counters onto Ramos. Uh, it's not okay, ideal, okay. but there, there's always like those weird edge cases. I think we agreed that like what X should be seven at least. Well, okay. So I will, you said you do X's for two to do what for Ramos counters? Because you wouldn't get five counters. You'd only get three. You, get three, you just get three on him. Oh, but yeah, if he has okay. two on them in a pinch, then you can oh. do Wurborg into something else. I see. That's, that's, that's like worst case scenario, yes. right? Um, but, I mean, we, we did all this. Man we did a Grease. I think X equals seven is where we seven. said you need to be. Because you're going to hit 90% of the cards. You're only going to miss on your ultra top end and your X spells. Yes, exactly. So... I have no idea why this why this didn't come up. I probably just didn't have one lying around. But uh, yeah, you better believe that this is this and Niv Mizzet are 100 going in. Oh <laughs> cut yeah, one cut two. Well, and I think Tuck that might be where the next time we revisit this deck, your yeast package is converted into almost an X spell section. Yeah, or for big sure. creature type section because I think that's where you could still have fun and be yourself. Yeah, but then Ramos, it still charms. But now let's cut out some of this kind of very, very, very cute stuff for like. Sure. Yeah. Hey, it might be a little boring, but at least I know if I'm slugging out a game, I got I got a villain as well if I can go do something with. I have I have one tail end one that I'll get into. This is kind of like an also rand. Um, but yeah, so I, I agree with you completely on that. All right. Well, my next one is I'm actually cutting a board wipe as well. The reason I'm cutting this board wipe though is uh, it's good. But Ramos literally checks the box on two of the four modes, and that's why I don't like it. Merciless Eviction. 
Four oh. colorless, Orzov, white and black, sorcery rare, about 250. You get to choose one. Exile all enchantments, exile all planeswalkers, and those are great. But yeah. these other two directly impact Ramos because he's an artifact and a creature. Exile Fair all point. artifacts, instants, yeah. exile all creatures, instants. I think Merciless Eviction gets a lot of play, Tuck, because it's like, well, my commander at least, you know, I could do the other modes and I get to keep that. Or, yeah. well, at least I get to keep my my good artifacts and I'll just get rid of the bad creatures. It's just like this is literally hitting Ramos yeah. on everything under the sun. Yeah, that's a that's that's a fair that's a fair point. Like I'm I'm I kind of forgot I had this in here to be honest as well. So I I've got plenty of other options to to cut for it. All right. Well, Tuck, like I said, you need game winners in this deck. Also, I like a little bit of monster mashing myself. How oh my do you not have the double Wooberg legend in here? You remove five counters from Ramos. You get to cast Progenitus oh, for free. Oh, Progenitus? <laughs> for free. Uh, double white, yeah, double sure. blue, double black, double red, double green, double mint gum. Legendary creature, oh. Hydra Avatar. It's a mythic. It's a 10-10 for $7. Protection from everything. <laughs> and if Progenitus would be put into a graveyard from anywhere, reveal Progenitus and shuffle it into its owner's library instead. Tuck, you literally yeah, remove five counters, <laughs> cast Progenitus for free, get five counters back on Ramos, and you're done. Uh, yeah, I if I had I traded this one to single Aaron back when he was building like seven different Progenitus decks. So <laughs> I'm sure he still has it, or maybe he sold it. So I'm gonna reach back out to him. But yeah, it's a it's a fun one. Um it's a, I think this also fits the bill of like cards that are super fun that never find a home for. You yeah. know what I mean? Or it's like, it's always just like on the edge. It's always one of those cards that's like always going to get cut, right? Mm -hmm. And I think in here, it's actually really, really strong. Yeah, well, because also, would you rather have Progenitus, where in theory, potentially, you could recast it multiple times a game for essentially free and always yeah. get Ramos's counters back or a one-time board wipe that potentially will also take out your commander? Yeah, we'll take out, we'll kill your own person, yeah. yeah. And I like I, it. I, like, I, I don't think I've ever seen Progenitus played, ever. So really? I would love to see an actual progenitus slap down. That would be pretty sweet. Yeah. So I'm I'm here I'm here for it. Uh yeah, I, I like that a lot. I'm gonna reach out to Aaron after this uh very podcast. Well, let's get to the no budget section, the sky's the limit tuck. What piece of magic history are you putting in? None. Another budget one. These are all budget ones for me. Uh I'm I'm actually gonna cut wandering archaic. <gasps> what? Ah. Um, oh. I love it's, that card. It's just like, I know, I do too. Don't get me wrong. I've been trying to find a deck for it since I bought it, right? But for those who don't know, I'm only going to read the front because I'm lazy. Uh, five colorless for a creature avatar. It's a 4-4. Four, four. Whenever an opponent casts an instant or sorcery spell, they may pay two. If they don't, you may copy that spell. You may choose new car targets for the copy. I, I like Wandering Archaic a lot. The problem is I get no real benefit out of it with Ramos, right? Like, it's oh, a yeah. generic good card. But I don't get any benefit from casting spells. I don't get any benefit from copying. I don't, I'm not. I'm not playing a copy deck with him. So it kind of fills a slot of like good, but not great, and good, but not really true to the deck's theme. If that makes sense. Well, and Tuck also has this in his E section. Um, I would say this: if, if you have it in here as a game winner, I do agree. Cut it because this isn't going to win you the game. Yeah. But if you were, I would say, Tuck, keep this as your 101st card. And as you're yes, shoring yeah. up your list, if there is a charm in the hop section that you're like, you know what? This just doesn't really fit. 
I think that's yeah, where Wandering Archaic can make a great hop card for this deck. Very, you know, uh, similar to where if you wanted to run, um, you know, any of the, uh, like, the you have Norn's Annex in here. Think of Wandering Archaic like a Norn's mm -hmm. Annex. This is purely here to protect me. Norn's Annex yeah. doesn't even really feed into Ramos. You only get one counter. So I think both yeah, of those exactly. are kind of the same to where even if you said, well, I kind of want to get rid of Norn's Annex. I'm not really getting hit that much. Or people are just paying the life and it's not a big deal. Maybe Wandering Archaic is better. Hey, if you guys are ca mm -hmm. casting stuff, you got to pay a two tax or I get one also. Yeah, I, I agree with that for sure. Um, so just not, not in the right spot. That's fair. Haven't played it. I just got to figure something else out. But actually... The one that is, and this is funny because we've talked about this before, and I think people lose sight of the fact that this doesn't have to be a general or a commander, but General Ferris Rodkirk is going to be pretty good in here, I think. Colorless Boros, that's a red and a green for 3-1 Hexproof from, mo from Monocolored. Whenever you cast a multicolored spell, create a 4-4 red and white golem artifact creature token. Wow. Pretty good. I, like I didn't because because you never think about him being like oh yeah you can run this in cards outside of him being yeah. Boros right yeah so for me I feel like this fits another slot of like Murmuring Mystic Talrand these sort of things that just generate a creature army just for you playing the game um, my, my two people I play with here have General Affairs Roddick decks and it actually becomes extremely hard to get rid of him because they're like Swords of Plowshares can't do it uh, Murder can't do it oh right? that's like, true my favorite he's, card he's, he's pretty exactly like he's pretty resilient. And I think if we're talking about ways to win, if you're casting, it's kind of like a Spellslinger deck, right? Because it is. Like, if you're casting spells, you might as well just be building up this army, mm -hmm. piecemeal by piecemeal by piecemeal, just for playing the game. And for 40, 39 cents for a three drop, I think it's going to get a lot of value out of the deck. Actually, Tuck, I think you just sold me. Um, it, it, still, if you want to get rid of the one, I think this is better than Norn's Annex for the deck. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. I agree with that. Like, I, I almost yeah. think what you should do for your pillow fort effect is just more of these, as I play the game, I just get tokens for playing. I think that's oh, actually a better sure, pillow sure, fort yeah. than an actual pillow fort. Because mm -hmm. they actually can do something. Yeah. Right? Like, they actually are like, you can attack with them. If you, and I played, a, the guy who I play against this has a budget deck and it's bonkers. It's so <laughs> good. And he's always in the last two, if not winning for it. Like, those four, four golems, like, that stacks up pretty quick, yeah. right? Fair. All right, well, yep. my last one, look. So this is originally the one that like, I kind of added Niv-Mizzet for, but just because of the way we talked about it, I'm cutting Urban Evolution. I think, I think Niv-Mizzet's oh, just better than Urban Evolution. That's fine, yeah. Uh, three colorless Simic that's green and blue. It's an uncommon for 13 cent sorcery. Draw three, you may play an additional land this turn. I think it's a okay card it's not along my rate but for ramos i could see it being good but niv miz it's just better for the same mana yeah so i i, I completely agree all right i got i got two options for you oh. so we, we got a uh, itty bitty baby option and then we got mm. the big old daddy flex option can uh, i take a can i have both yeah you're getting both and neither one yes. is big daddy flex from a money they're both pretty budget okay but let's start with some fringe. Let's get a little weird. I think yes. this Grixis card, Sadraxis Spectre, has a place in your deck. If you're looking for low end, uh, trying to, to have, you know, three or CMC or less creatures to be able to play the early game. So Sadraxis is Grixis. So that's going to be blue, black, and red. Creature Spectre Uncommon. Oh. It's a 3 2 for 16 cents. It has flying. Whenever it deals combat damage to a player, that player discards a card. And it has Unearth. 
So for a colorless black, return this card from your graveyard to the battlefield. It gains haste, exile at the beginning of the next instep, or if it would leave the battlefield, unearth only as a sorcery. So here's my argument Interesting, for this yeah. card. Money-wise, it's cheap. CMC-wise, it's cheap. It's in a uh, shard color, so Ramos is getting three counters. And it's not one-time use. So you do it, you right. get your three. It's a 3-2 flyer, so you'll probably be able to get a couple hits in. Um, you know, it, it's not insignificant. But then even if it dies and you want to be able to do it again, unearth. Bring it back. Let's go. I, I want you to discard some cards. Or maybe you need it for a sacrifice thing. I don't know. So I think this card, the fact that it has your initial utility, it's a good disadvantage for your opponents, and you could reuse it later, gives it a home in this deck. Dude, there's arguably four two-color specters that are all decent. <laughs> is that going to become your sub-sub-sub is, is that enough to put them in? Yes. <laughs> Yes. All right, but now All I right. want to give you the I, daddy. I, like I do like it, yeah. I'm going to give you the daddy flex option now. So this card's okay. only 60 cents, but oh. it's a lot It's a lot more flavorful, and it, I think it's going to be more your vibe. Okay. Oros the Avenger. Three colorless Mardu, white, black, and red. Legendary creature dragon rare. It's a 6-6, six, six, and it's a flyer. Whenever Oros the Avenger deals combat damage to a player, you may pay two colorless white. If you do, Oros deals three damage to each non-white creature. I don't get it. So, you get him in, and once again, we're, we're getting three colors. That's a shard. Yeah. That's three counters for Ramos. Sure. I look at this once again as a... I look at this as a blend of yeast and hops. It's a 6-6 six, six flyer, so it, it can beat face. Sure. And I think the two colorless white to do the three damage to each non-white creature. Ramos lives through that. Yep. And General Ferris lives through that. There you go. Um, and I think what it's more going to do for you is help you against those go-wide Drake, mm -hmm. Doctor, Elves. Now, if you think white, like I guess you're going to get overrun by goats. But zombies are dead. <laughs> like, if you think about every yeah. major archetype that is a token go wide, this board wipes all of this them. This will just get it, yeah. And it doesn't say three damage to each non-white creature that player controls. It's just a complete right. board wipe. Or three damage wipe. And we already talked about earlier how, well, doing three damage to everyone's creatures, that's pretty good. Now you that's can do it good, on yeah. repeat. 50 cents. I think it's just... I, it's that's the thing, right? It's like it's so, the barrier to entry is so low. It's like why not? And then I play it once and it sucks. I'm like, all right, take it out <laughs> to, the, to the to the legends binder. You go. Well, and, and then maybe this becomes like some budget challenge creature that you do oh, in the sure, future. Yeah, yeah. Like, hey, I want to do Mardu dragons, but I don't want to do Kalia. Let me build an Oros oh, the Avenger yeah, yeah. deck. Like that could be kind okay, of weird. All right, I'm here. I'm here for it. I like. I like the. The better, I think the better of the two is this Bizarro Specter Tribal <laughs> that, you, that you're getting me, that, this lane that you're running me down. But this is, but again, like, there's, it's, the overhead is so little, right? Yeah. Like, that's the thing. Like, it's, it, it's zero, it's effect, like, not to say I'm Captain Million Dollar, Million Dollar Guy, but like, it's effectively free. Yeah. Whenever I order a card. So why not, right? Well, Tuck, think of it this way. Um, what was that card? I let you use one of my, uh, 
Was it a Jace the Mind sculptor or a Liliana? I let you borrow some really absurdly expensive card because we talked about it in Bruiser Builds, and I was like, "Hey, you should do this." You're like, "That's so." It was expensive. my, it was mine, it was it was Mind sculptor, mind sculptor in my Ninja's deck, yeah. Which, which now still, I, I I opened my own pack and put it in, and it does fucking work. <laughs> so, but I think it's something like that to where essentially this card, like borrowing that Jace, is essentially free. You got to play it in the deck a few times, and then it's like. This right. is an absolute banger. Thanks, Mr. Combo. Here's your card back. Well, in Oros's case, it'd be like, wow, this is great. I leave it in. It was 50 cents. Or, man, right. yeah, it exactly. didn't work. I wasted 50 cents, which I don't even know what you could buy yeah, for 50 yeah, cents yeah, nowadays. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, you can find it in your couch cushions. You know what I mean? That's what my dad said. So I was like, okay, cool. All right, cool, Captain Big Guy. Captain Lots of Bucks. <laughs> well, guys, that's going to wrap up the bottle capping. And thanks for making it until the end. And if you enjoyed it, please leave some, uh, you know, reviews, some limericks, some notes uh, out on YouTube or whatever podcast platform you listen to us on. If you'd like to know how you can get a hold of the cast today, here's how you could do that. You can reach me at Mr. Combo number five on Twitter. I'll spell that except for the five. Big Tuck, who have you been stalking for their birthdays this week? Okay, I actually have a, I actually have a couple ones uh, here. There's, there's a couple of big ones. We had um, Rob Zombie's birthday was Ooh, on January 12th. That's cool. That was a good one. Um, and then there was another one, if I will. Uh, sometimes they don't show up, so I don't know what I'm doing there. Let's go with Rob Zombie. That was a big there one. There we week. go. That was really exciting. Uh, yeah. I, I do love Dragula. Yeah, exactly, right? You can reach our main account at CMD Tower on Twitter as well. We will have a deck list and article posted at cmdtower.com slash bnbe121. Basically, just type in crumbling necropolis mystic monastery decimate tower.com. Squee McGee, if people want to find out how to get over yourself and your production company, how would they do that? Now, we wouldn't be able to bring you this YouTube series today if it weren't for our video editor, at underscore T-Coats. Tyler does editing across the community. He's the one that came up with a great idea to break up the YouTube videos into short, consumable products and is going to be working with Big Tuck on YouTube Shorts here in 2022. So be sure, if you want to see anything different, improved, or otherwise, comment on YouTube. Send us a DM. We want to know how to better support you. Now... We would love you to join our community if you wanted to head over to our Patreon, patreon.com slash cmdtower. Uh, we do take all the money that you guys give us every month to constantly improve our equipment, get you guys new swag, hire artists like I know right now for the new, uh, I don't even know if we want to call it news series or just like the new episodes that we're doing. We're getting custom art done for all of our now reoccurring guests. Bosh and Roll, Ultra Budget Brews, Mr. Bever, Sir Brian, Squee McGee. Everyone's getting their own art that we're going to be able to use for their segment. Uh, so that way it feels a little bit more unique, a little bit more individualized. And all the money you guys give us allows us to pay these other artists, pay these independent groups, and just to always improve what we're doing. So be sure to go sign up. If you'd like to get a hold of some of our real sweet, sweet swag, uh, head over to our store, cmdtower.com slash merch. Uh, we do have a new Bruise and Builds, uh, I guess we'd call that Constellation Foil Playmat. It's pretty sweet. Oh, it's uh, so Rocketing Moss, or Marketing Ross, as some people call them, <laughs> uh, actually designed it. Uh, it was just a, a thought that came into his head, and it was absolutely beautiful. So thank you, Ross, for that. And thank you, Collective. Go out, purchase them. They're only 25 bucks. Super cheap. Uh, plus, you know, we do have our sleeves, we do have our coins, our reminder tokens, our monarch tokens, 
whole bunch of swag for you guys to go and get. Just make sure you do the redacted basement bit. Now, Big Tuck, episode 121, Ramos the Charming Dragon. Uh, other than us vehemently disagreeing on how yeast <laughs> is composed... <laughs> Uh, how do you feel the bottle capping went? Because I know, once again, we talked precast. Yes. Didn't really know exactly what we're trying to do from an end goal perspective. Do you feel like the cuts that you put in and the ones that I added in have kind of given you a mold of clay to form into how you're going to close out and win games? Yeah, definitely. Um, I think that's the biggest disagreement we've had on podcast, right? For By country mile, which is fine. We've known each other for a long time. Um, yes, I agree. I, I think like there's... There's like a version, the version of this deck that I have right now is fine, right? Like you like you say a lot where it's like, it's fine, it's okay, it's not wrong, I have fun playing it. But I think especially like, um, to be fair, like Niv Mizzet Reborn, just putting that card in here, I think drastically changes the game. Because we talked about like bring delight for five for Niv Mizzet, that's like the best play I can make in the entire Oh my deck, god. Right? Oh my that's god. That's insane, right? That's absurd. <laughs> yeah, right? Like, so I think just having that one card in there is great. Um... And I think, like you said, going through and cutting out some of the chaff for things that, even though they're flavorful, um, there's options where, for me, like Teferi's Moat is a potential in here to put in for Norn's Annex. Like, really taking out some of the, because this is a deck of Girlfriend's Past deck, right? Mm -hmm. Like, this is my third iteration of this or whatever. So starting to take out of those cards that I just had in the pile and put in more multicolor, more to the theme, like you said, yeah. I think that's going to make this deck even more enjoyable and definitely have a little bit more of a narrow focus win mm -hmm. path, right? Which is the ultimate goal of any deck you play. Absolutely. And I think my big thing, and I know not everyone builds a deck to win. Like, I'm not here to, like, win mm. as quickly as I can. I'm here to do this thing. The thing I would always argue, though, is what do, would do any of us sit down as a hobby to do and just knowing, yeah, I suck at this, and, you know, I'm just here because I enjoy it, but there's literally nothing for me at the end of the tunnel. No one does that. They're, yeah, yeah, yeah. If, if, you're, yeah. if you're a gardener, you want to see your plants flourish. If you sure. are a risk player or Dungeons and Dragons uh, dungeon master, you want to see the story develop and people enjoy it. Like everyone wants sure. to get yeah, something yeah, out yeah. of it. And I think that's the big thing in Magic. So many people get so hung up on like, well, I don't need to win. I'm just here to have fun. And it's like, well, that's wrong because when you're at a table and you don't win with that deck, you're upset because you aren't able to do yeah, what you want to right, do. Right, because you're pissed off. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. So I think every deck needs some shape and form to win. And I think, Tuck, for you, it's just finding how do you want to take this generic commander and make it a Tuck thing to where like, I could win through this, and this is the sweaty way I want to do it, or I'm putting mm -hmm. these restrictions on myself. Maybe it is. Hey, I'm only yeah. doing X spells if they're bad X spells, like bad X spell dot deck. Like maybe those. That's the way I'm gonna try to slimy <laughs> win, where it's a it's a it's a fireball, but it only goes at one person instead of each opponent, or right, you right, can't right, divide yeah, it. Yeah. You know, I think if you find that kind of different way to do it, that's probably gonna help out. But I think just the bare minimum, like the Niv Mizzet, the villainous wealths, the shit, your ferocious Rockirk would be great. Progenitus is just a straight, mm -hmm. like, beat face type card. Yeah, great, great, great addition. So I think any of these types of things, to be honest, are going to be huge for you. The only thing, and it wasn't in the deck, we didn't talk about it, it's not multicolored, so I don't know if you'll do it, you probably need to get Swift Foot and Lightning Greaves in here, because Ramos yeah, being an artifact is so sure. easy to remove. So that would be the only yeah. 
non-conversation thing you probably should look at doing is maybe I need I need at least I need at least one of them right like probably lightning greaves to be honest lightning greaves is your best one because you don't have to target yep. Ramos with anything to get him to do with his anything stuff. yeah yeah totally agree so no it's like I said it's been it's been the most fun I've had with a five color deck and building and in card selection and everything so only up from here well guys that's the end of the episode thanks for tuning in and thanks to our patrons for supporting us have a great day See ya!